Hey, this is Neo Nix back again for another Truth Lies Shenanigans after show. After every live show, we just keep on talking. So we left that record button on for our subscribers. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss any of our shenanigans. In the main show, we talked a lot about Cam Newton and his misogynistic comments. And that continued into the after show. We also ended up talking about the OnlyFans star who stabbed her boyfriend to death and claimed self-defense. But the victim's family says she was the aggressor in the relationship. Take a listen. That was great. Hey, hey. It was fun. Yeah, that was a great show. Was so a you stuck it out, Dr. Kwanda, huh? Oh, man, yeah, this is this yeah. is it. Man, I, I love the platform. I love the interaction. I love the information, man. That's kind of the, the kind of thing I want to be a part of. I love it, man. Awesome. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a lot. Of, you know, this was a lot of fun. Man, I, I showed you that drum set in confidence, dude. What the drum set? Oh, sorry. Was I not supposed to? <laughs> sorry, I didn't realize you didn't say that. <laughs> uh, Robert, are you married, Rob? Are you married? I am. I am. Oh, uh, is that why you? Is that is that the reason why you said it's in confidence? Not are you in trouble? Was that just like me? My late night Amazon shopping. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't late night ambient shopping or anything. No, <laughs> my friend used to call it the ambient walrus. She would receive an order and, and then just go, "What the? Oh my god! Yeah, okay, I must have ordered that." And it's like, no, you need yeah. to block out your internet. Stop that. Yeah, some somehow after midnight, my fingers on the on the buy now button <laughs> oh yeah when it comes yeah. to music instruments we're we're in we have a local shop that we just we swear by and uh yeah we just go in and we check everything out it's uh yeah i would not buy any musical instruments accessories yes off of amazon but definitely not an instrument yeah for sure all right we are we're back live so dr Quanda, i'm just curious what your thoughts were on uh cam newton just real quick we don't want to spend too much time on that but i'm curious oh man you know you know i i live with 11 women at once and they one thing that they ensured uh, <laughs> every day you are not going to be typical man so my daughters told me I'm a, I'm a feminist i didn't know i was man but no that that's out of pocket man i i don't i don't know there's no place for that man it's no uh, yeah, I, I have to say nice. too, my dad, you know, rest in peace. My dad had me when he, when I was born, my dad was 54. He was born in 1920. If he were still alive today, he would be 102 in October. So very old fashioned, right? My dad mm-hmm. never raised me to not be independent. It was always, you need to get an education, go to school, think about traveling the world and think about being able to support yourself and live your dreams no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. a lot of people say, oh, well, that's just, you know, Cam is just old school thinking. Mm, not in my house. Nah. My sister Jacqueline, my sister Jacqueline can, you know, vouch for that as well. Like he raised his daughters to be somebody, not yeah. just somebody that's in the kitchen. On the other spectrum, my mother raised my four brothers and I and, and would tell me specifically, you may want a woman, but you won't need one. So I cook, mm. clean. Oh, so exactly. laundry, same here. So, all, all the above, and that, yeah. that was mandatory. That was mandatory in my house for, my for dad everybody. was Mr. Mom because again, when he was fifty-four, yeah. you know, he was near retirement and he was sickly. So my mom was the breadwinner in our house. Um, so I, I feel you, brother. I feel you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I came home to a cooking father, a cleaning father. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Before we, um, I do want to. I know Gianni, you had something you wanted to talk about, but I'm just. Curious about like um, the shooting of Patrick Leoya. It was hard to watch. 
You know, because I'm like, we've been here before. Why, why, why is this happening? Why is he pulling his service weapon? How many times have we dealt with this? I mean, should shoot him in the back of the head the way he did. I mean, if the guy wants to run, let the motherfucker run. Why are we doing this still? You know? Yeah. I just don't understand. It was freaking registration. You know, I got pulled over for registration one time because because the, the cop found me for registration, and you know, it's scary and just getting pulled over. I'm as a black man getting pulled over. It's probably scary to anybody, but I feel like. And this happened in North Carolina, so it's a little different, right? So it was really scary for me. And I was like, what the hell? And um, I mean, fortunately, nothing happened, obviously, because you know, I complied with everything. And my mama did teach me put my hands on the wheel and all this other stuff. But the point is, I mean, for a man to die for a registration, he didn't have a weapon. He, he actually didn't really resist because it looked like he was just trying to walk around to go get his license to show the guy. It just looked like he didn't know his mama didn't teach him the things my mama taught me. Right. So he didn't well, let me, let me, respond properly. Go ahead. Well, let me just say, and I don't want this to sound like I am in favor of the officer because clearly I'm not. But when I first saw this story and that there was a video attached and I saw the, like, the first couple of seconds of the video and I saw him get out, I was like, I don't want to watch anymore because I already know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I knew what was as soon as he got out of that car. And the officer was screaming, get back in the car. I knew what we were about. to. See. I honestly did what that you- one time. I got, I started to get out the car and the cop yelled at me, get in the car. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but also too, you know, there's, there's another, per- there, there was someone in the passenger seat. Yep. He was talking to. And so as far as the officer is concerned, I could see where he's just like, what the fuck are you doing? Going mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. I, I can understand that. However, that's where pro- proper training comes. Right. Assess the That's situation as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I, I, I knew from the beginning. I'm like, this is not going to go over well. He didn't yeah. start out running. The thing is, he didn't start out running. He seemed like he was just walking to go around, and then the guy grabbed him. And was like, no, 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 and he's like trying to arrest him. And then that's when he responded. But if you think about how many black men he's probably seen get shot by police in these situations, he was scared. He looked genuinely scared. You know, and that was part of the reason I felt he was running, resisting, trying to get away. And then ultimately he was scared of the thing that actually happened to him, which is even worse. Yeah, no, this so, is terrible. No, yeah, no de-escalation funny. whatsoever. Nothing, nothing. Nothing. I mean, it was clear he didn't speak English very well. He didn't really seem to understand what was going on. And the cop has to realize that, right? He has to realize that it's, there's some, something he's, he's, even if he's not all there, he needs to be, there's something. Yeah, it's like you say, training. Hmm. No, it's 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 very it's sad. So We're not going to see the end of this until we start getting serious and getting real about the type of police officers that we put in the field. Okay, uh, it, it, it's it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Mike Winters on. He yep. says it's not scary to white people on the same level. It's just not the same. I totally agree. I, I mean, yeah. I just, I, I've, I've been pulled over with a white person driving before, and it's sort of like matter of fact, mm-hmm. the interaction between him and the police. And it was, for me, there's an actual anxiety associated with it, because I really feel like at any moment, anything could go down. Um, but mm-hmm. anyway. Years ago, I was in a car that was pulled over, and the driver was a cop, was a cop. And he's looking at me, you know, you need to do, I'm like, I know. 
you ain't got to preach to me. I know my hands aren't going anywhere except like this. And it, it, it ended like, you know, there was no escalation. It ended in two seconds. But you have to figure that, you know, not everyone has that privilege. It, especially when it's in the middle of the night, it's dark, you know, and you have one of these happy-go-lucky cops who are just ready to, you know, break out. It's their opportunity. It's their chance. Yeah. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Really sad. Really sad. So, Johnny, you had this interesting article. It was about an OnlyFans model who killed her boyfriend and claimed self-defense, right? And so this is, a, yeah. and, and it's a it's a black guy uh, dating a white woman. Yeah. His name is what? Toby Obumselli. Yeah. So the story came out, I think, in April 3rd. So it's it's not a very, very new story. But what recently came out was that his brother has come to uh, the public, like he's had a public outcry. And just asking for the black community to support um, like further investigation on on this case, because they believe that it wasn't a matter of self-defense, that that the girlfriend actually was violent, more violent. And they've had claims that the that the girlfriend was actually a violent. The family is saying the girlfriend was the violent one in the relationship. Yeah, there's conflicting arguments Mm -hmm. because her friends and her family are obviously obviously saying that he was the one that's more. That was um, violent in in their domestic situation. So obviously they know there was a domestic situation going on in general. It's just a matter of who two toxic people, two toxic right together. Mm -hmm. And just to put in context, what's his name? Toby. His real name is Christian. Toby. Toby. Obumselli. Obumselli. He's had tweets and he's made public also like anti-black tweets, anti-black women. Anti-black women specifically, yeah. Specifically, yes. Specifically anti-black women. So um, I didn't really get into all of those tweets, but if you have some to show, they are there. But it's it's him showing his preference. Like he prefers white women because Mm -hmm. this, and black women are all this certain way. So is that kind of rhetoric going on with him? That is why the black community has responded that they're not going to help out. Black women specifically, let's be specific. Yeah. That they're not going to help out. With. Not all black women, we should. Say. Not all black women, because there was a black woman that had a video kind of like antagonizing <laughs> the girlfriend. But not all black women. But there has been a lot of vocal black women, prominent black women that are like no. But Ugh. can I just start with this and just point to Gianni's, you know, um, point about black women in the community and dealing with black men who you know, have a lot of misogynist things or hateful things or the massage noir element of this young man's past and what he tweeted. Do I hate all of that? Yes. Yes. I I, I do not like people who are self-loathing, who come out and who speak against their race, particularly Black women. However, I'm not that triggered to the point where I'm going to say I'm not going to support a black man who has been a victim of violence. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say that. I may call him out for every other thing, but he doesn't deserve, if this man was in fact murdered and it wasn't self-defense on her part, that does not mean he deserved to be murdered. That does not mean he deserved what he got. And I think as black women, we need to stop with that bullshit. You could call out all the other stuff, we are setting a very dangerous precedent when we say, oh, well, because, you know, he spoke badly about this, that and the other. 
then we're just not going to support him. Well, okay. So then that means at some point you too are not going to be supported mm-hmm. by the community. Because we've all so said that, something that other people don't agree yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, so we we have to stop with that and see this for what it is. If this is, and we don't know what happened yet. I mean, she very well could have been acting in self. We, we don't know. Yeah. But if, if this is a case where she wasn't and she murdered him, absolutely we need to stand up. So, 100%. So, there's, so I've, I've, I've spoken about it previously, but I was in a relationship that was, um, it wasn't abusive, but it was um, violent in terms of sometimes um, she would react with hitting, right? That would be her reaction. And um, it ultimately, I ultimately ended the relationship after, it was a little too late, but I mean, I I waited too long, but there were multiple incidents. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm not doing that. That's not what I'm doing. And, um, but the thing is, I think people are surprised how many women are the violent ones in a relationship. And it's, you know, there are statistics and some of the statistics show that it's equal in terms of like who is the aggressor in some relationships. It's just, it's underreported because, for example, I mean, I would have never reported because I always felt like I could defend myself, right? Because I mean, she was what, five, three or whatever. And I always felt like I could defend myself, but I never still liked the fact that your reaction was to hit me or bite me or whatever. That was the reaction to something maybe innocuous. If you're upset, you're upset. I get it. But the reaction shouldn't be hitting, right? And so, um, when I finally chose to leave that relationship it, and, you know, it was just like, I could not do that anymore because I was really worried that, and each time it got worse. That's another point. Every time mm-hmm. the incidents got worse. So I felt like it was just a matter of time before, you know, maybe it was her doing something to me, like stabbing me or something worse. I, I don't even want to say what the, the last thing was, but it was a really shocking thing. <laughs> that I was like, I can't do this anymore. And it could have easily gotten worse. So I don't know. I'm not trying to say that I, we don't know who did what he said, she said, but yeah. I don't want to discount the fact that she could have always been the aggressor. Mm-hmm. It's quite possible. Dr. Dr. Kwan, have you ever ha- been in like a abusive relationship or known people in abusive relationships or similar situations? No, no, sure, sure. Absolutely. I, th- I think a lot of people are surprised because of the narratives that we see in the movie in movies or just period his, historically where men are supposed to be, you know, aggressive or bigger or whatever, whatever. Um, but I imagine this thing is going on from time immemorial, but again, just the way things are portrayed. And, and the, and the other fact is, you know, I did a show on uh, with someone not recently, but within the past few years where we talked about how this is probably more prominent than we think but that is underreported because a lot of men are not willing to go and say, Hey, I got my, my tail kicked by, you know, or, you know, I'm going to not say anything because the reporter would somehow emasculate the, you know, the individual as a man, or, you know, you're a big guy, you should be able to take it. But, you know, abuse is abuse, you know, whether it's physical, mental, verbal abuse is abuse is, mm-hmm. is uh, not good in, in, in either situation. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I've definitely known of it. I've definitely seen it. I've definitely experienced it. Um, none of it is good, regardless. I mean, maybe it's you know, a topic for another show, you know, where we specifically talk about um, how abuse, domestic violence impact men. Um, because mm-hmm. I think it's 
I think it's a separate topic. And I think when we, a lot of times when we bring it into a topic or a show where we're talking about both or one leads to the other, it's, well, you know, it's 50-50 or, you know, it happens more over here than over here versus singling out each specific issue. And so maybe it warrants a show where we talk about men who are the victims of domestic violence. We can do that. We should do that. As a matter of fact, we can bring in, oh, we probably have some people we could bring in, like uh, Sierra, Sierra Simonson. Mm-hmm. She could probably come and talk about relationships. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, we can have some anecdotes or something like that. Would so you do you any- guys think if she is found, if she is found guilty, meaning somehow she, she, she was the murderer, well, not somehow, she stabbed him. She was the murderer. Let's say she was the murderer. Um, do you think that people will come to rally and, and try to, like, do you think there will be an outcry or just be kaput and that's it? And then we kind of just have our different opinions about it. I don't think it would Is be it- any any national outcry. I mean, these are two people before this who are basically unknown. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's not going to, you know, make national headlines. It's going to take a lot to do that. I think. Um, you know, we Rob mentioned it before. You know, you have the current situation between Johnny Depp and um, Amber, Amber Heard. Heard. But the the problem with that, and I, I think they were both toxic. They were both on drugs, Probably. both toxic. Mm-hmm. Probably. And, but and the problem with that is, is again, you have people taking sides instead of trying to decipher what actually happened and acknowledging how they kind of fed off of that toxicity back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, unfortunately, and we don't want this to happen, but I think it would take, you know, someone aside of, from this case, we're talking about here, a more high profile example where the woman was the aggressor and the man was being abused, where everyone would take note of it and start talking about it. Yeah. Great. All right. Um, that's pretty much all the time we have. Dr. Kwan, I mean, I just want to say, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you going to Beyond the Scars because that story was really like compelling to me and really gave me a lot of insight into you, your history, and a lot of inspiration as well. So I like what you've done. Uh, that scholarship idea was uh, it's phenomenal, you know, in terms of um, because, you know, I struggled in my first year in college. I struggled uh, quite a bit um, just because uh, I wasn't used to the environment. Um, I went to a predominantly, um, white school and I felt out of place often. I, I didn't have, I, I don't think I would have met your requirements at <laughs> <in> 1.5. But, <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, I can imagine getting there. I can imagine having gotten there and just needing that push. And, you know, I think it's a great concept. Yeah, I think the idea remains the same. I and mean, there's a variety of situations where we can look at students who struggle for whether it's, you know, in your situation, it, it could be culture shock or, or whatever. And just overall, man, the the field of education, the way things we've always done them and the way we've always assessed are all in need of being overhauled. So, you know, why not have a variety of scholarships to address those issues? Yeah. It's really about recognizing students and, and their unique challenges as, as what they are and not, again, having this criteria that you know again let's go back to equity it's it's mm-hmm. equitable to do something like that so yeah yeah well what, i'm sure. curious i didn't yeah. ask this but what made you come up with that concept i mean where where did that come from i mean it doesn't just come off the top of your head mm-hmm. yeah you know what man i'd have to 
I was, you know, honestly, I was thinking, I I think it could have been after I was on the Beyond the Scars. I don't think I had that scholarship then, did I? I I don't think that came up. I think it was right about that same time. And I was was just thinking about, yeah, around that same time. Yeah, and I was was talking, I think, with some students in schools, and I think maybe an announcement came on about scholarships. And I noticed a lot of students didn't look up, happened to know what their GPAs were. And I thought, man, you know, you really have it. You really have what it takes, but you're not given the opportunity to show, right? So it was it was kind of spontaneous in, in the way it happened. But it's, it's just the way my my mind works in general, you know, looking at situations and trying to find different ways to go about doing the things that, that were, have always been done to the really the detriment of so many people, man. I love that. I mean, that that's, yeah, that's inspiring to me. So I appreciate that. All right, Absolutely. guys. Any, any last thoughts again, uh, Dr. Kawanda, before we close it out? Because... Hey, no, no. Thanks again. I appreciate sharing this space with you, with you guys. I, I'm inspired, man. I, I, I'm looking like I need to overhaul my show. I need to. You're definitely welcome back. I mean, I, we, yeah. we'd love to have you. Absolutely. Oftentimes, we uh, we need guest hosts to come on, so we. we I hope you wouldn't mind us being able to reach out to no. you. And I, I don't mind at all, man. Okay. Put awesome. me on speed dial. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. We'll definitely do that. I really appreciate you guys, Wanda. I appreciate you, Bob. I'll see you guys soon. I'm going to go get me some Easter food. (laughs) Yum, yum. Come get some. All right, guys. Have a great one. Have a good weekend. Have a good one, everyone. Thank you. Take care, guys.